0: This is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in His power and love even now as you listen. Thank you, guys. It goes along beautifully with what we're talking about uh, this morning. So uh, this year for Advent, uh, we're focused on... The Joy of Christmas, that's our series. And what we're doing is sort of looking at a trilogy of Psalms about the kingship of the Lord and, and how that that just brings great joy to those who, who know him as Savior and, and King. So the joy of Christmas is what we're talking about during these Sundays leading up to Christmas. And so today we're looking at Psalm 97, which is about the reign of the, the Lord, as we just sung about in that incredible song. And so let's turn there, look at the 97th Psalm this morning, as we take a few moments and prepare ourselves to come to the Lord's table and, and think about who Jesus is as King, what it means that He Rains. let's take a look at the 97th psalm psalm 97 follow along in your copy of, of god's word the lord reigns let the earth rejoice let the many coastlands be glad clouds and thick darkness are all around him righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around his lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame, who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints, he delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous, and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. And give thanks to his holy name. Father, we rejoice in you as your people. We rejoice in your kingship. We rejoice in your reign. And Lord, we we thank you that we don't have to do life alone anymore. And that we don't have to function as our own king. That you are our king that we have a, a king who loves us, a, a king who has, has died for us and who lives for us, who's conquered death for us, a king who has adopted us in Jesus as his very own sons and daughters. And so, Father, we pray that you would speak to us today through this powerful psalm about what it means that you are on the throne, that you reign, and how that makes Christmas for your people a time of joy. Speak to our hearts now through the power of your Holy Spirit, through your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. By the time that Jesus was born, this man had been on the throne of the Roman Empire for a quarter century. Caesar Augustus. He was worshipped by many as a god. Roman coins proclaimed him to be God. And the extent of his rule was the whole Mediterranean world. It's appropriate that the extent of his rule here is portrayed in red because it had been won with blood and maintained in blood Caesar Augustus's rule was absolute. And so when he lifted his finger in Rome and decreed that people 1,500 miles away in Israel, which was under Roman occupation, when he lifted his finger in Rome and decreed that people 1,500 miles away would have to go and register to pay taxes... To make him even more wealthy and more powerful, they had to get moving. And that included a poor couple, Joseph and Mary, a tiny backwater town called Nazareth. Never mind that she was uh, about to give birth any day. When the emperor said, get moving, you had to get moving. And so uh, a very pregnant on the edge of birth, Mary and Joseph had to saddle up and take the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem to to, to register, to, to pay more taxes to Caesar Augustus just for the privilege of being his subjects. Well, had Caesar Augustus known who this baby was? he would have been quaking in his boots with fear. Because long before in the Old Testament, a prophecy in Micah chapter 5 had said this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days, And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Let me tell you something, the world's true king did not reside in Rome. Rome. And the world's true king does not reside on Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. The world's true king was born in a filthy animal shed in Bethlehem to parents so poor and so powerless that they could not even secure a room in the cheapest of inns for her to give birth. The world's true king was executed as a common criminal on a Roman cross. And the world's true king was raised from the dead and ascended and is now exalted in the highest place. And all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And 1 Corinthians 15, 25 says that he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Let's talk about the reign of our king today in Psalm 97. First of all, we see here the joy of his reign. The joy of his reign. Verse 1, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad This is a gospel. A gospel is an announcement of good news, of of, of joyful tidings. An announcement of, of joy, joyous news in the ancient world when a new emperor like Caesar Augustus came to the throne or was born heralds. Would be dispatched and they would go into all the cities and towns and villages throughout the empire and they would proclaim what they called a gospel that a new Caesar, a new king has been born, a new Caesar has been enthroned. And the people would proclaim to be, would would pretend to be happy about that and then they would turn away and roll their eyes because they knew that nothing about their lives was actually going to change. It really wasn't good news at all. But this gospel that we see in verse 1, and this gospel that we have been given, is truly news to be excited about sharing. You know, when um, Melissa and I found out that we were, uh, that Melissa was pregnant with, uh, with Courtney... Uh, she turned uh, eighteen yesterday, celebrated her birthday yesterday in in Haiti. Um, when we found out that she was on the way we we, we were so excited to tell. Caleb, and so we tried to figure out, you know, we, we were so pumped about being able to share this with him, how are we going to convey this incredibly joyful news, and so we figured out, you know, a creative way of doing that and made sure uh, we had the camera ready and everything just to record that moment because we were so excited to share this joyful news with our son. This is news that we can be excited about sharing. That we have a king who reigns on the throne and this king is a savior. And that this king offers amnesty to rebels like us, sinners like us. That he offers amnesty, that he offers abundant life, that he offers adoption as sons and daughters... Because this king has come for us, and died for us, and risen for us, and is exalted now. And that through repentance and faith, that we can know him, that we can be his people. This is the news, this is the gospel that we get to share. It is a joy to share this truly good news with people. Now, who do we share this with? With our neighbors, certainly with our family and friends. We have an opportunity this week um, as we prepare for our Christmas Eve services next Sunday. I hope you'll, you'll grab some of those cards that you're going to see all around our, our campus when you leave today. Those are for you to give to people, to give to coworkers and friends and family members and neighbors this week. Invite them to come next Sunday, Christmas Eve. The gospel is going to be shared. The good news is going to be proclaimed. And so yes we have the opportunity to share this joyful news with the people in our lives with the people that are around us but it is not to be contained to people that are within our immediate geographic reach because what else do we see here in verse 1 it says the lord reigns let the earth rejoice let the many coastlands be glad this is a joyful gospel that is to be shared with all peoples, with all the earth, with the many coastlands, with every tribe and tongue. That is our assignment. So how can we be a part of that? How can can individual believers, how can individual families be a part of that? Well, we can't do it alone. We can do it by praying, as you heard on the video, while ago it, it begins there we can be we, not just sort of a part of it through our prayers but but right there with our gospel workers all around the world through our prayers you can be you are a part of the team as you pray and as you give we can do so much more together than we could do separately. That's what our Lottie Moon offering is all about. And so through your gifts, you are, as a sender of others, you are just as much a part of the team as those who are able to go. And so we, we, we pray, we give, and we go as a church family. Because we want people of all the earth to hear the many coastlands to be glad the joy of his reign second the holiness of his reign the holiness of his reign verses 2 through 5 clouds and thick darkness are all around him righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne fire Goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth. Wow. So when you read images like, like this. Like clouds and thick darkness. And, and fire and lightning and mountains. What... Old Testament images come to mind one certainly would be Mount Sinai M- M- Mount Sinai uh, where, uh, where, where none except Moses dared even approach lest they be consumed Hebrews 12 29 says for our God is a consuming fire he is not to be trifled with He hates evil and must judge it. And speaking of which, what happened on Mount Sinai? God gave to Moses the Ten Commandments, which we have all broken. And not only have we broken his commandments and committed sins, but we have sin in our hearts. We have evil in our hearts. We have filth on our souls. And we have a holy God who hates evil and sin and must judge it. But here's the good news of this glorious gospel. We have a God who is not only holy, but who loved us so much that he became one of us and took evil on himself and took the judgment that we deserved that we might be reconciled to him the holiness of his reign. Third, the subjects of his reign. That's us. The subjects of his reign are us. He is the king. We are his subjects. Theologian R.C. Sproul, who went home to be with the Lord uh, this past week, once wrote this, Dr. Sproul wrote, sometimes it is difficult for people in the United States to grasp the full significance of the title Lord. An Englishman came to this country and upon his arrival spent the, his first week in Philadelphia becoming acquainted with historic landmarks such as Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell. In order to familiarize himself with American culture, he visited several antique stores that specialized in colonial and revolutionary memorabilia. He saw posters and signboards that contained slogans of the revolution, such as, no taxation without representation, and don't tread on me. One sign proclaimed in bold letters, we serve no sovereign here. He mused at the sign. As he mused at the sign, he wondered how people steeped in such an anti-monarchical culture could come to grips with the kingdom of God and the sovereignty that belongs to the Lord. I don't think a lot of Americans have come to grips with that. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure a lot of Christians, American Christians, have come to grips with that. Because I hear American Christians uh, make statements like, Well, you know, one day I'll make Jesus Lord. He's my Savior. One day I'll allow him to be Lord. Excuse me? You don't make him anything. Jesus is Lord. The issue is whether you are submitting to his kingship or whether you are in rebellion and seeking to be your own king. Every single one of us today is either submitting to the kingship of Jesus or we are functioning as our own king. And if we are functioning as our own king when the real one returns it's going to be bad news. If we're functioning as our own king, when we die and go to meet him, it's not going to be good. But if you have submitted to Jesus and bowed the knee of your heart to him as your savior, and you cannot bow your knee to him as your savior, and him not be Lord. He is Lord. We don't divide him up. If you truly know him as savior, he is your Lord. Lord. If that is the case, then there are glorious, glorious promises that are for you. We see four of them here in verses 10 and 11. Verse 10, he preserves the lives of his saints. Verse 10 again, he delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Verse 11, light. Is sown for the righteous. Verse eleven again, joy for the upright in heart. I love this image in verse eleven. That light is sown for the righteous, and joy for the upright in heart. It, it means that that God's light, which is like His guidance for His people, His light and His joy, is like seeds sown into the ground. So that as we walk with God, as we walk the path of life with Him, that His His guidance, his light, his joy. It's like seeds waiting to spring up in our path. And we see here also in verses 10 through 12, three commands. Verse 10, hate evil. We as his people are to hate evil. Verse 12, rejoice in the Lord. To, 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 to practice the joy of the Lord is a command. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord, always. I will say it again, rejoice. It's not an option, it's a command. Hate evil, rejoice in the Lord, and then, verse 12, give thanks. Give thanks to his holy name. One of the central ways that we give thanks to the Lord as believers is by taking part in his table, in the supper that he ordained. It's a time of thankful memory as, as we thank our Savior for his death for our sins. Jesus says in Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, do this in remembrance of me. And so as we take part in this special supper that he ordained we do that with thankful hearts thankful that he loved sinners like us so much that he took our sins, our evil upon himself and paid the price thankful that he conquered death rose from the dead so that we can have life it's a time of, of, of giving thanks for his death it's also a time of, of thanking him in advance for what is going to happen because we know that his death for our sins and his resurrection from the dead and his ascension and his exaltation means that he is coming again to make all things right. There's going to be another supper one day. There's going to be the great marriage supper of the Lamb. And so in this supper, we look forward to that supper. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11:26, 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's coming again. Make all things new. Let's pray together. Our Lord, come, Maranatha. We look forward to your appearance, to your rule, and to your reign. And we give thanks to you today for your great love, your death on the cross, for sinners like us. The shedding of your blood, the breaking of your body for undeserving sinners like us. All simply because of your grace and mercy and love and compassion for us. And so Father, even as we take part in this, we pray that you would fill us with grace and love and mercy and compassion for other people. We have been on the receiving end of those things and now we pray that you would you would make us givers of grace and mercy and love and compassion to people that we, we're around every day our families our friends our enemies and Father people across the world that that we have never met. We desire to be agents through prayers, through giving, through going of, of being ambassadors of your of this glorious gospel, this good news of grace and mercy and new life and forgiveness and abundant life, eternal life. We want to. We have, we have received so much. And Lord, we, we want to be people who, who, who give that away um, to, to other people. And so Lord, even as we take part in this today and we give thanks for what you've done, Lord, make us mindful of the people all around us who are lost. And fill our lives with, with, with such love for you and love for them that we can't wait to share the good news of this gospel that our Lord reigns. As we just continue in this time of reflection before the Lord, this is a time of, of self-examination as we prepare to take part in the supper. Where are you today in your relationship with the Lord? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? Have you turned to him in repentance and faith? Turn to him now. His heart is open wide to you. Turn to Jesus. Repent. Turn from trying to do life your own way. And turn to this Savior and King. And bow the knee of your heart before him. And ask for his forgiveness. He will grant it. Give him your life. As a believer today. Is there anything in your life that is hindering your fellowship with the Lord? Is there a sin that needs to be confessed? Is there a relationship that needs to be made right? Is there there something that is is hindering your fellowship, your intimacy with God? Is there a grudge that's being held? Is there forgiveness that's being withheld from someone else when you've been forgiven so much? Lord, we don't want anything to hinder our fellowship with you. And so, Lord, we repent of of unconfessed sin Lord, we want to, to, to deal with that. We want to be real before you and authentic. And so, Lord, we pray that you would prepare our hearts right now as we take part in the supper that you ordain. We, we pray that we would see here just a fresh glimpse of the depth of your great love for us. That you would use these next few minutes together to take us deeper into the glory of the gospel. That we would go forth from here more in love with you, loving others, and ready to share this glorious good news of our King. And we prayed in his name. Amen. We get to know God through His Word, through prayer, and through His people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to Him in prayer. And find a church family where the Bible is preached, where Christ is exalted, and where His love is flowing. If you're local, I want to invite you to the church I pastor, First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. I'd love to meet you and help you in your Christian journey. I would love to connect you to some other people who love the Lord and who would love you to come to one of our services. Be sure to speak to me before or after the service. Maybe you live outside our area. I'd love for you to write me. My email is pastor at fbcsuffolk.org. Tell me what God is doing in your life. If you have spiritual questions I could help you with, please let me know. We're on this journey together.